0: What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Fatherhood Initiative Podcast. I am Sherman Webb, Middlebrooks, a lifelong Buffalo resident, and I got the good brother Antoine Johnson sitting here with me. And What's
1: going on?
0: Yeah, we're going to kick it today, man. We're going to have a good conversation, give y'all a little bit of a snippet as to what one of our sessions might be like, and you can get to hear a little bit from us. Um, we're going to treat each other like a guest today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, like Sharon said, I'm glad to be here um, in all seriousness. This is really special for us because we, we've we come a long way as a program. Um, again, my name is Antoine Johnson. I serve as a program manager for the Buffalo Fatherhood Initiative at Buffalo Prenatal, Perinatal Network. I'm going to get a whole name. I usually <laughs> don't do that because it's a long name. But um, the, as, as a group of men, uh, f- grassroots, we, we, we've done a lot of stuff over the last five years. Um, but even before that, Right, like we, we've had our own lives um, as right. men, fathers and so forth. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, Sherm, I think this is a special collaboration for me um, with us being here because this is kind of how we started. Right? Yeah, for that is true. Facilitating, nurturing fathers. Uh, so maybe, you know, if you just want to, you know, tell the people a little bit about your fathering journey and then I'll share a little bit about mine cool. uh, and even my, my relationship with my father uh, because one of the very first sessions is the roots of fathering. Yeah.
0: Right, so. Um, wow, so, yeah, so I, I got started with the program, um, right at the beginning and, um, a little bit about my father and journey. So my daughter would be seven in July and I was with her mother for a long time since we were like teenagers and, um... Yeah, it was I I wasn't planning on being a father. I'm not gonna sit here and fake with y'all or or play. Um and it kinda happened and it kinda happened, um, with with a lot of emotionality uh surrounded it and associated with it. I was very immature. And uh, I'm still apologizing for how I initially handled, like, the first week of that situation, really just being like, I don't, like, just, I don't want to have a kid, and, like, I don't want this, and, like, really being super selfish, like, how am going to afford this, and now I got to pay for this, and how i am going to pay for that? Um, and at the time, like, I was unemployed, I didn't have, um, stable, obviously, stable income, I wasn't mentally stable, I wasn't really sure where my life was going, um... But I can say that I come from a tremendous family. I have an incredible village that has supported me throughout my entire um, fatherhood journey, from my parenting partner and her family to my family um, and, and my community, and. The funny thing is I was so selfish and worried about not getting all the things that I wanted just because I was going to have a child. But, like, literally everything that I've wanted for myself I've gotten since I've had my child. So, like, all my selfish desires and wants have been fulfilled um, since having a child. And I think my daughter has given me that level of focus and um, that drive that I really didn't have before. Um, and so I'm tremendously grateful for her existence and just how she motivates me to want to create a better life for her for her, and then in turn creating a better life for myself. Um, and so the one thing I remember when we left the hospital, though, was the nurse saying, um, dress her how you would dress yourself. So if you would wear a coat, put a coat on your baby. And asking me if I had a car seat. And I was like, Yeah. And she was like, okay, cool. And that was it. And I'm like, yo, I came in here, like, just me and my daughter's mom. Like, now I'm leaving here with a whole nother human. I don't got no rule book. I just got – y'all just let me take this kid out of here. Like, I felt like, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. And so um, around the time I had the – the, I, I live a tremendous life of a, a favor. I'll just say, like, God and the ancestors just blessed me in tremendous ways. And then around this time um, – the 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 good brother Tommy McClam, um PT he just entered into my life reentered into my life and told me about the the fatherhood program um, and when people like uh, PT send me somewhere I don't ask no questions I just show up <laughs> and I just showed up um, I met brother Antoine and the rest of the fellas and I started getting and developing my rule book on on what I need to do and in, in my instructions and directions on on being a dad so. That's been a little bit about my journey. Um, it's kind of how I got here and kind of how I got involved.
1: One of the things that I, that I think about as you were talking is that you would say um, how they, they have a lot of, um, like, rules or, or things that we need to do in order to learn how to become um, – and to get our license, right? Like right. Yeah. You gotta,
0: to you know, license to fish. You need a license to drive. Yeah. You need a license to fly a drone. Yeah. You don't need a
1: license to have a kid. And you got to take a test and all that stuff right. with the driving thing. And if you don't do certain things right, you ain't getting that license. Right. Yeah. Like you got to take it over until you until you get it right. Yeah. And and to your point, we have to go through none of that becoming a parent. You know, you just you just get with somebody and you do whatever you do when you you got a kid. You figure yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for me, man, I mean, I've similar to you like the last part i feel tremendously blessed because you know i'm in a situation now where i'm married been married for almost five years now Uh, my wife and i july uh, we have two beautiful kids and i feel like I'm, i'm maturing a little bit more as a as a man and a father but but i didn't always feel like that right like uh i grew up mainly single mother and my, my father was in and out of my life. And at a certain point at about the age of 10, he was out of my life, but circumstances were kind of out of his own hands, but you know, it, it was what it was. And so mm-hmm. I had a lot of resentment and hurt. I felt abandoned and all those other things and whether or not those were valid from him, I, it, it was what it was for me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, around the age of 20, um, I had an opportunity to go through this program called the Fatherhood Connection. Uh, similar to you, Pastor Tommy has been really instrumental and a blessing in my life too, because he invited me and similar to you, I didn't, I didn't really ask questions <laughs> about the program, but when I was there, I felt a little out of place because I'm like, I'm not a father. These dudes are complaining about child support and stuff. And I'm like, I don't have no kids. right? <laughs> so, but the, the thing that was common for me was the fact that I had if what's known as a I what I came to know as a father wound. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that unconscious longing um, for the love and affirmation from my father that I never got. And although there were certain men in my life who started to come in and I was I was still guarded. Like I didn't know what it looked like to have a relationship with a man outside of what my peers would call, um, you know, uh, uh, homosexuality or right. maybe use the word gay and different mm-hmm. things like that. So I didn't I didn't really know what that meant because I never felt that close to my father. Uh, let alone any other guy. My mother was was very strategic and never really having me around her male boyfriends and stuff like that, and I, and I respect that now. Right. Right Back then, I, I didn't really care, and I didn't understand. I just knew anybody would um, do anything to my mother, right? right like, it's right. real protective. Right. Outside of that, I didn't understand it. Um, but becoming an adult, man, I'm trying to figure out what does it mean to be a man um and and why do i still feel so much anger toward my father mm-hmm. and so realizing this thing called the father wound I, ha- I had to get over some stuff and when i say get over i don't just mean like let it go i mean i had to go through a healing process mm-hmm. in order for me to be a good husband for a decent husband for my wife um where i'm not um, feeling insecure about being vulnerable around her or sharing my feelings And then I, I didn't realize how much I needed to go through that process to be a, a good father for my children. Right. right? Like I didn't understand that if I didn't deal with this, then later on, I wouldn't be able to be mentally present for my daughter and my son. And the last thing I say is I want to eat up all of our time. Um, so, So my wife and I, we, I wasn't ready to be a dad, even when my wife and I got married, right? Like I knew we were gonna have kids, but we were like, yo, let's wait a year or two, at least a year um, before we have kids. And like right before our year year anniversary, we found out my wife was pregnant. And I'm like, man, like she told me, and she was so excited. Um, And I'm like, man, you for real? (laughs) Um, and, And so it wasn't that I wasn't happy about it. I just was not ready. Right, I'm yep. only child. Yep. Real selfish with my time, and I'm like, yep. I'm just not ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, long story short, we, you know, get past that. Mm. About about a couple of days for me, it took some time, and but I was I was happy and I was excited to have a daughter. But then when we had, my wife got pregnant with our son, who who's about seven months now. Um, I felt more insecure about that because oh. I didn't know what it looked like for a man to raise a boy.
0: Yeah, that I, I feel you on that. Like that's that's super interesting to me, um, cause I have a daughter, and I'm and, and I'm incredibly grateful that I, I got my daughter first, um, just because I know as a son, like. I'm not reminding my parents to take their meds, and I might not take them to no doctor's appointments. But all my cousins and stuff like that—they be on it for my uncles, like handling their medical situations when they get older. So I know when I get old, my daughter's gonna take care of me. Um, and so that's the one thing that I realize: like it's good to have a daughter. They don't forget you when you get older if you take care of them. Um, but just thinking about like, it feels easier. Like it just as a this i don't know—as a man, it feels easier to raise a daughter I feel like I, I've tapped into like a different side of who I am she's made me more calm she's made me more gentle mm-hmm. tremendously more patient more thoughtful um, about everything she is like my accountability buddy cause like she asks me questions and I can't lie to her so like I gotta really think about like what I'm doing and what I'm saying um, mm-hmm. because everything that I say or do I'm like I gotta be able to explain this to this kid yeah. and way that a seven-year-old is going to understand yep. and also if I'm saying something that doesn't paint me in a favorable light if I'm being honest about like who I am and what I do if, if I get exposed like I'm like oh man like one of the, the the hardest things for me to accept as like a in my 20s was like the adults like my uncles and my dad and these people that I look up to are human yeah. that they make mistakes That's right. and like seeing them for who they are and like, wow, nah, you really ain't perfect. Like I thought you really don't got all the answers. Right. Yeah. You might've portrayed to be this way. Yeah. Like it kind of like, nah, I'm looking at you differently. Like, why was you so insecure? So I never want yeah. to have that kind of relationship with my daughter where like, I feel ashamed or afraid to just like, no daddy messed up or right. daddy got to do better. And yeah. daddy don't want you to be like me. Please be better than me. And yeah. so like, I'm trying to normalize that um but I feel like with a son like I probably would have just been more like guarded like my dad like kind of like not showing and, and being vulnerable like yeah. with my son and like wanting, wanting him to look at me like I'm the superhero like I'm perfect and like I don't mess up and like be this way yeah. and having this real idealistic view of myself um because that's kind of how I am with my nephews okay so like I, I'm not really vulnerable in that way like i they think I'm a superhero, like, yeah. so it's it's different. So I'm learning to be more vulnerable with them and helping them feel like it's okay to express how they're feeling and what they're thinking. But my relationship with my daughter kind of gave me that permission.
1: That's interesting to hear you say that because your relationship with your father that I know of is a little different than the relationship that I have with my father. Yeah. But then there's also studies that show that when men have sons that they're more likely to be involved than when they have daughters because they feel like they can kind of mold and shape their sons based on how they are, right, in terms mm-hmm. of whether it's sports or right. however it is that they live, it, like, they feel more comfortable. So it's, it's interesting kind of hearing both of our perspectives that we felt more comfortable with our daughters.
0: Yeah, because I, I would have definitely did that. I would have felt like the pressure to be a stereotypical dad, like, you're going to play sports, you're going to be tough, or – like but like with my daughter I really focus on like academics and the arts and like emotional intelligence. Okay. And like I don't know if I would have did that with a son. Mm-hmm. I I know I wouldn't have did that with a son, but like now have if if and when I, I have more children, like I know like I'll focus a lot more on like their and their academics, their arts, um and culture and personal development. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm not like looking at my daughter like, yeah, like you can go to the league or like, yeah, you could be yeah. a, an athlete or something like that. Like yeah. my my mm-hmm. views of her are like my dreams of her are with my eyes open. I dream in reality yeah. versus like with a son, I'm like, you could be everything I always wanted to be and never could. Yeah. And like now I'm living trying to live through you. Mm-hmm. And um, just at 25 when I had my daughter, I was still been immature. And then I know I would have gone about it in that way.
1: Yeah. And, and as you being transparent and vulnerable, which are two things that we talk about in the Nurturing Fathers program, um, one of the other things that we, we do and we ask this question to some of our guests is a keep-toss ad. I so love this question. That, that piece, I was first asked the question in the Fatherhood Connection Group with, with Pastor uh, Reggie Cox, and I didn't, I feel so uncomfortable answering that question because he asked me what I would keep. And I'm like, I don't keep nothing from him. You know, like, you know, and then as, a, as I thought about it more and more, I'm like, yo, he worked a lot. Like he worked yeah. so he could take care of himself and go out and shop and gamble, whatever he wanted to do. But he, he had a nice work ethic, right? Like if it was nothing else that that man was doing, he was going to go to work. Right. So I said, I would keep that. Right. What I would toss is, you know, like the disrespectful behavior that I saw Uh, with my mother, right? Like, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. So I'm like, I would toss that. And then what I said, what I would, what I would add was uh, an intentionality to my fathering, right? So there are certain things about the way I want to raise my kids that I feel like if I'm not intentional about it, that it, that it just won't happen, right? right? Whether it's academics or being Emotionally available and all that stuff. Right, like if I don't if I don't actively think about it and make a plan around it, like it's not gonna have. So I'm like, I gotta be intentional with my parenting. Uh, but what about for you?
0: Yeah, so super similar. Um, so my dad definitely um, worked. So I would I would definitely keep that. I would also keep like his ability to relate and connect with people. Um, So, like, my dad is a chameleon. Like, you put him in any kind of room, any kind of environment, and, like, he'll know how to, like, navigate through it. Okay. Um, And, like, he'll get people. He's He know how to, like, endear himself to others where people feel comfortable around him. Mm -hmm. But, like, I didn't see that a lot growing up. But, like, seeing him in different spaces now at this age and how other people relate to my dad, I'm like, oh, people kind of relate to me like that. Mm -hmm. Like, but I never had a chance to see him in his friend group, like, running a room of his friends, and, like, he's the center of attention. I'm like, oh,
1: that's where I get that
0: from. Okay, cool. (laughs) So uh, I I unintentionally, like, kept that, and I want to keep that, um, his his level of, I would say, charisma. Um, What I would toss would be be um his passiveness so like he's like i understand it though just because of how he presents so like um my dad is like twice my size Mm -hmm. so like if he attempts to be any form of assertive people are going to view it as being threatening or intimidating Mm -hmm. just because he's a, a big black dude with a deep voice you know what I'm saying? So, like, when he speaks his mind, people are naturally intimidated from him physically. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And even when he's just trying to calmly communicate, people tense up. And so I've seen him just, like, be passive just to avoid being perceived as being dominant, aggressive, yeah. <laughs> or intimidated. Okay. When it's like, no, bro, we need you to kind of, like...
1: Sometimes I need that. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, we need you to do that.
0: Um, And so... I've seen that, and so, like, I w- I would probably, like, toss that, um, and I would add using that same, he did give me his voice. Like, I'm not big and intimidating like him, but, like, I can make a room shake, mm-hmm. I can make a room pause with my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, knowing that power and knowing when and how to use that, um, that's what I've added. Um, in addition to, like, that intentionality. So everything is intentional. Yeah. He's made some comments, um, and and I love and appreciate our, our transparency now, um, but he's made some comments about not necessarily, like, knowing how to guide or lead or, like, letting my mom or my stepmom have a little bit more say in how me and my little brother was raised. Yeah. Um, and I wish he was more intentional on that. Mm. And so I'm super intentional on having a voice and saying what is and what ain't going to be um, in the life of my daughter. Like, I have a voice, I have a say so. Um, versus my dad, who was maybe a little more passive in that department.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because I've, I I heard the statement, I think it's for T.D. Jakes, excuse me, Pastor T.D. Jakes, Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, he talks about how, you know, a lot of times men – they will acquiesce or fall back on things that they don't feel confident about. Right. Right. Like he said something to the effect that we gravitate toward praise and we shy away from criticism. Absolutely. Or when we don't, you know, we don't feel confident, but I think that as fathers, you, you don't, we don't really have, we do, but we don't really have the luxury to do that to your point. Right. right? Like we had, we had to be intentional. We got to be engaged, got to figure it out. Right, whether we feel comfortable or not.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And and that's just because I I know, what it, and I've worked as a social worker, I've worked an, as a professional family member, so I've seen what happens when young people don't have an active and involved parent, um, a parent that's not intentional, a parent that doesn't set um, guidelines and, and discipline or put their child under instructions or directions. So I've had to figure out a lot on my own, just because my parents was like, "Oh, anybody trying to kill him? <laughs> he ain't going to jail. Mm-hmm. He not failing in school. He must be good." And it's like, "Bro, I need some guidance." I'm, right. I'm, yeah, like I'm, I could do all that and hold on, but like, where, where am I going to? Right. And so, recognizing what my daughter is good at and investing in her time, in my time and her, her talents, her interests, and her abilities, so she can grow up at. The one thing that frustrates me the most working with young people or anybody is when you ask them a question about what they're good at, what they like, and they say, I don't know. Mm. And it's like, I asked you a question about you. I didn't ask you to explain Pythagorean theorem. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you to explain the concept of gravity. Right. I asked you a question about you, yeah. how you don't got the answer to you. But people haven't invested the time in themselves to figure out what they're good at, what they're not good at. And people haven't spoken life into them and giving guidance to them. Yep. So we got a lot of people out here that's just missiles out, coordinates. Um, and so for me, I like to invest in young people, point out their skill sets. Hey, you really good at that hey, man, you should keep doing more of that Mm -hmm. and and providing opportunities for them to grow and shine in those areas um, so they know who they are and what their role in society and the world is. And so I'm super intentional about that um, with my kid because I wish folks would have put me under more guidance and instructions. I didn't have a lot of discipline. Like, I just knew not to mess up. I just didn't like getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I think of discipline, I think of, like, if you send your kid outside to say, hey, go cut the grass, Right. And they friend, friends. Hey, let's go play basketball. No, I have instructions. My instructions while I'm outside is to cut this grass, noise, right. not to go play basketball. Right. But if I just send my kid outside and say, go outside, and somebody, let's go play basketball. Okay. Whatever you want to do.
1: Anything.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm su- right. susceptible to somebody else's plan. Right. And my uncle would always tell me, like, if it ain't your plan, you somebody else's plan. Mm. You the fall guy and somebody else's plan if it's not your plan. So, like, always have your own plan um, and have and put your kids under guidance and instructions and have a plan for them.
1: Well, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, no, we, we uh, again, just grateful to be able to have this platform to be able to do this. Um, Shout out to Cruise Control Media for yes, sir. You know, just being our host. And we will see you all next time. All right, peace.